Hey friends, two quick announcements before we get into today's episode. Number one, last week we launched a new menu at the Camp House, a new lunch menu uh, that has a really creative three-step process that allows you to really customize your dish. And so right now, my favorite combination is getting jasmine rice uh, with pulled pork and our pan-Asian flavor. It's delicious. So there's, there's about 40 different combinations. Come in, find what resonates with you. And that's the other thing. This month, MLK is closed down at different segments at different times, but all of your favorite lunch and drink spots are all open. So don't be afraid to take the sidewalk and walk down to the camp house for lunch or Uncle Larry's or Champy's or Two Sons, Chat Smokehouse. Get your favorite beer at Hunt and Smith or Odd Story or at the Bitter Alibi. We're all open. Don't be afraid of those sidewalks and come and see us. With creative placemaking, what I see as the biggest advantage is actually the artist and what the artist brings and that process. So a lot of times we're not thinking about that when we see the beautiful sculpture or the beautiful park that's a result of, of an artist's work. But, you know, an artist really brings vision. Um, they bring, um, they push boundaries. They're disruptors. They're excellent community and engagers, they're storytellers, you know, so they, they bring so much to a process that is, is unexpected, that um, really results in, one, unique places, but also places that people feel deep attachment to and deep ties to and creates connections between different people who are experiencing uh, that place together who never would have come to that place at the same time had there not been yeah. um, something really unique that, had, that drew them there. Caitlin Kearney is the director of Public Art Chattanooga, an organization responsible for so much of the beautiful public art and spaces around our city. In this episode, Caitlin shares about the importance of public art and creative placemaking for a thriving community that connects citizens around experience and place. She also gives us a sneak peek at the many projects they have coming up, including the announcement of Artburst, a month-long celebration of the visual arts in Chattanooga during the month of April. This is the Camp House Podcast, and I'm your host, Matt Busby. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, this isn't your first time. I'm actually, it's kind of nice. I'm actually getting a lot of uh, sort of old guests back that were sort of in the first year. And um, last time we had you on was with Constantine Demopoulos with the Blue Trees. And um, the Blue Trees are still around, right? They are. They, they've, they've, some of them have stuck around longer than others. Yeah, and, uh, and that was always the plan that the, the blue dye they put onto the trees would eventually wear off and it's safe, correct? Correct, yes. It's, a, it's an organic um, substance, so yeah. it doesn't harm the trees. Yeah, that's good. I know in the Bessie Smith lawn there across from the camp house, you can still see the blue trees right now. Uh, they're look, you know, they are looking a little worn at this point, but um, but that was a really fun, really fun time in Chattanooga painting those trees bright blue. How how long ago was that now? So that was um, an oct- <laughs> a year, okay. more than these. a year and a half ago. More than um, a year and a half ago. So yeah, last October. Okay. Yeah, and it, it um, that yeah that first October was so amazing because you had the leaves changing. And this bright blue, and even the winter we had a snow where there's these bright blue trees against this white background. It was beautiful, yeah. But hopefully, I mean, the whole point of that that public art project was to raise awareness about environmental issues and planting trees and the goodness of trees. So, um, do, you, do you guys feel like you accomplished that goal? 
I hope so. I think I think we definitely raise the awareness of trees, especially from you know a child's perspective. Right. I know that every time I drive by those trees, my kids like mom tree, blue trees, check it out. Yeah. And and I hear that from a lot of people. They're like, my kids are always talking about the blue trees. So um, yeah, I think it definitely imprinted for for people involved with the project and um, young uh, minds uh, as they see them. It certainly impressed upon them. And, um, yeah, we're, we're lucky to, to still have some of them around, you know, the, the bark cycle is different for each tree. So, yeah. um, we've, we've got long standing bark at the Bessie. Yeah. Yeah. The Bessie <laughs> Smith, they're going to be there for a while, but yeah, I mean, that was what was so exciting about it is that trees within downtown Chattanooga are just one of the things that are, uh, so ubiquitous at this point, we don't even think about them. Um, but one of my favorite things when I, when I talk to groups about the Chattanooga Renaissance in the eighties and the nineties, um, is to go back and show pictures of Broad Street in the 70s, and it's nothing but concrete. Like, uh, you know, we have beautiful trees growing down Broad Street now. But if you look back at pictures from the 70s, oh, man, it's it's nothing but concrete. And, uh, and so, yeah, tr- trees have just made Chattanooga as a city just so much more beautiful. So incorporating those into public art and realizing that even trees themselves are, are a form of public art or can be um, is, is really an incredible thing, especially in spring. What, we have so many trees that bloom in spring downtown. Well, the reason I, I invited Caitlin back onto the podcast this week is there's been so many changes with public art Chattanooga and, and so many exciting things coming up when it comes to public art that um, I want to hear about it. And I want our listeners, I want Chattanooga to learn about it. And so, you know, before we get into the into those, well, let's let's start there. Let's start with those changes in public art. And, and so I know recently within the last couple months, there, there was like an official organizational change. Uh, within public art Chattanooga, and, and I was hoping you could just explain that. What's different today about public art Chattanooga compared to two months ago? So we have a, a um, formalized uh, public art commission. So through council ordinance, which means uh, a, an official change to city code, um, we have established a board, um, a city board that oversees public art um, for our city. So um Previously, as a committee, um, we um, we had a group that was was essentially doing that same thing, but um, because our program originated really as a community partnership, um, it it wasn't um, it didn't it wasn't necessarily a, a city entity. So um, now that we have, um, thanks to the generosity of city council and Mayor Burke, and you know they've really been supportive of public art, we have a full time city staff. And we have um, capital funding for um, public art projects. And we have a city board that is um, authorized to review and approve projects on city property, provide recommendations to city council and the mayor on how uh, public dollars should be used on public art, and also um, you know, provide transparency to the public on, on how our process works and how we, um, when we do have public dollars to spend, how those are spent. Um, that being said, we do we are very um, gracious to our private partners who do fund the majority of our projects, right, yep. um, Lindhurst and the Benwood Foundation and other um, private grants. But um, we're we're thankful now to have consistent and stabilized city support. So um, through yeah. that law, we 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 will be in existence as a city department and a and have that city board. Um, 
you know, hopefully forevermore. <laughs> so moving from a committee to a commission, stripping away some of that, the bureaucratic language uh, w- within city government, really what this means is Public Art Chattanooga is a, is a more permanent entity um, that is actually being funded as if this is something our city actually values. <laughs> Correct? Would that sound like Correct. a good... Correct, okay. yes. <laughs> I think it, it does signal that our, our city values the arts and creativity and that they... they you know, we're, we're getting the acknowledgement, the formal uh, bureaucratic acknowledgement yeah. that this is something that we're going to prioritize and that we want to sustain going going forward. That's fantastic. And, that, and that's really exciting. And, you know, just to when we're talking about public art Chattanooga, you know, I, can we just do a small recap of some of the projects that you've been involved in? How long have you been with public art Chattanooga now? About a year and nine months. Okay. So two years. let's just talk about, like, if you could talk about the last four years, maybe, of some of the bigger projects within our city, that when we're talking about public art Chattanooga, these are the sort of the big projects you guys are responsible for. Um, sure. And the biggest one that comes to my mind, obviously, because of where the campus is located, is the giant mural in the AT&T building there on MLK. Right, yeah. So 2016, um, not too long ago, um, Meg Saligman was commissioned to do the um, We Will Not Be Satisfied Until... Uh, mural on the AT&T building. So, you know, that um, is a huge icon now in our city. And I mean, you can see it from the top of Lookout Mountain to, you know, anywhere, you know, in the city, which is is pretty amazing to see those figures. Um, I love the guy flipping backwards through the sky. Um, But I mean, um, it literally took the ugliest building in our city. I mean, even AT&T would admit this is the ugliest (laughs) building in Chattanooga and made it something beautiful. Well, you know, Meg Seligman has such a, a unique process and she is highly skilled at community engagement and and it's central to her design process so that's that's pretty unusual with a public artist um uh, working at her level and at her mm-hmm. scale to really come into a community with ha- with no preconceptions on what she wants to do and listen to them, listen to their stories, and then really reflect that yeah. community and that history. And, um, well, really and the, the, artif- the artifact collection piece was so fascinating because we hosted one of those at the camp house where people from the community could literally bring art- historical artifacts and those were actually incorporated into the painting itself. Like the biggest one I can think of is um, the, the Bessie Smith record that is on uh, the east facing wall. It was Lon Eldridge's uh, vinyl record of Bessie Smith, you know? Uh, so, like these real pieces of history are incorporated into the painting. And, and people from the community, right. um, too. You know, it's, it's certainly fun to look up and see someone, your neighbor or uh, uh, the business owner that you see every day um, up on that giant wall. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, yeah if, I mean, uh, if you look back way back in the Camp House's Instagram feed, um, the two gentlemen that are on the west-facing wall um, is, is a white gentleman and an African-American gentleman hoisting a rope. And those are two real friends in Chattanooga. And it was really awesome because in the, in the unveiling of the mural, I got to meet those guys and took an Instagram photo, put it on the Camp House's Instagram. Um, those are two like real friends in our city. Well, so what else besides the MLK mural over the last few years would people in Chattanooga recognize uh, that, that really public art Chattanooga had a direct hand in creating? Um, so there's also the, the main terrain art park, um, which is that was back in 2012 or so um, right next to the Chattanoogan, uh, you know, a vacant sort of dilapidated lot was um and it was an odd shaped lot too yeah very at it, narrow like, yeah. weird space um but um arts build and public art chattanooga applied for an nea art town grant and um 
got it and um, had the opportunity to do to actually um, t utilize the the creative placemaking method of using um, having an artist as part of that design team and using art to drive change in um, in that uh, place. So. Um, there's, um, you see the sculptural features that run through the center of that that are interactive. You know, mm -hmm. they're kind of bridge trellis, suspended yeah. bridge trellis structures that you can actually turn um, and change the direction on. And then, you know, there's a exercise circuit around it and then um, also a, a stormwater treatment. So um, there is a lot of partners that came together to make that happen. Um, Playcore was a, a big partner. Um, the city's water quality department was heavily involved. And, um, you know, that's been recognized as a, as a model for creative placemaking. Um, and, you know, you can see the development that's now happening around right. that yeah. space, very close to that space. Yeah. yeah so uh, actually, that's, that's a really interesting point. And, and can you almost talk about how, how does You've already mentioned the words creative placemaking, and I think we're going to get into that a little bit more talking about a conference that we have coming up by the same name. Um, but how sort of talk about the philosophy of how public art can help, you know, regenerate a neighborhood, and um, what, what does it do to us when we have good public art around us? You know, I... I think the product that that we get out of the process is is amazing, um, and and sometimes we um, we may take it for granted or we may not. But um, I mean, it it really um, adds to the quality of life that we all experience here in Chattanooga, um, in in creating um, shared experiences and memories um, a tie, directly tied to a place. Um, you know, I think with creative placemaking, what I see as the biggest advantage is actually the artist and what the artist brings and that process. So a lot of times we're not thinking about that when we see the beautiful sculpture or the beautiful park that's a result of, um, of an artist's work. But, you know, an artist really brings vision. Um, they bring, uh, they push boundaries, they're disruptors, mm -hmm. they're excellent um community and engagers their storytellers you know so they they bring so much to a process that is is unexpected um that um really results in one unique places but also places that people feel deep attachment to mm -hmm. and um deep ties to and creates connections between different people who are experiencing uh, that place together who never would have come to that place at the same time had there not been yeah. um, something really unique that had, that drew them there. Yeah. Um, so that, I think, is the most exciting part for me. And, and I get to work with the artists directly through that process, so I get to see that. But um, um, I think, you know, when you have projects like The Blue Trees and Meg Seligman's piece where the community really gets to be involved in creating right. the artwork, it's even more powerful yeah yeah and uh, i love yeah i really love that exp explanation of just bringing an artist in to say what do you see here right because again like the, the at&t buildings it's literally the ugliest building in chattanooga and to bring an artist in and, and just imagine what this could be um or or even the main train park you know i challenge you guys to go drive by that on main street and you'll see that it's this narrow strip of land like literally i'm not sure you could have done anything with it uh, but to bring in you know an artist to say, what can we do with this, you know, and, and to bring that vision uh, has, it really does benefit the community in a big way. 
and so you know speaking of of that about bringing artists in to help reimagine spaces within Chattanooga I, I know you guys have a couple projects coming up uh, in the in the near future that you're really excited about uh, and one of them has to do with the Wilcox tunnels um, so what, what's about to happen there with public art Chattanooga so um, we through our art in the neighborhoods program um, we our neighborhoods different neighborhoods applied to to receive funding for a specific project so the Eastdale neighborhood applied for for funding and um, you know we started a process of um, going out meeting with their community looking at different potential sites but really what we narrowed in on as the most impactful location and would uh, was the Wilcox tunnel so yeah. um, both entrances so you have the the Avondale side mm -hmm. and then kind of the Eastdale side, um, you know, multiple neighborhoods um, around that area, but um, we'll have murals on, on both sides of the tunnel. So those are, um, you know, as you enter, you'll be greeted by a very, very colorful, um, beautiful artwork by the artist Greta McLean. So okay. she um, has a studio called Good Space Murals out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And um, she works in a very similar way to, that Meg Seligman did for the AT&T mural. Um, she's gone in and um, really done some deep listening with that community, um, did some fun photo shoots with the youth um, in the neighborhood, and um, also uses the mural cloth technique where the community gets to come and kind of paint by number and help okay. her actually... Yeah paint the piece so she'll be back um installing actually the tunnel will be closed uh for two weeks when she's here um march we start march 23rd okay and that'll go for two weeks and early april we'll have um a new two new murals um on the wilcox tunnel yeah there's there's a lot happening in april that we're gonna get to towards the end of the podcast it's really exciting uh okay so we're gonna have some new murals at wilcox where when you enter the tunnel you know it's you're entering into a piece of art almost and uh, and so she's gonna be here and they're gonna be installing that on march 23rd the you know i know the other project you're really excited about is uh, has to do with the blue goose hollow um, entrance to the river walk. And so wh what kind of role is public art going to play in that entrance? So, um, we, it, you know, b before, before I started in the position, so some time ago, about two years ago, um, public art training commissioned Albert Paley, um, who's a renowned sculptor, um, you know, has large scale, uh, sculpture around around the country around the world um, to to do some to do a gateway piece for that entrance um, um, also you know really a celebration also of Blue Goose Hollow being um, the home of, of Bessie Smith you know mm. she she lived in that area that was where her neighborhood okay. was um, so the, the piece is called Resurgence and it's sort of um, uh, talks about the um, transformation of of um, our community. It's um, bright, uh, multicolors, um, kind of ref you know referencing the diversity of our community, and it's really a it's um it's abstract. So it's I'm having a tough time describing it. It's an yeah. abstract piece, but it's um, we say it's large. Like how big are we? So talking? Um, fifty feet. Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, fifty feet tall. Wow. So <laughs> yeah. If you think about a five story building. Um, there will be yeah very large um, sculpture right at the riverfront. So um, and as you you know drive down MLK, hopefully with the changes coming to that area, you'll get a you know a, a, sh a shot of it as you drive yeah. down. Um, but there's two, actually two pieces. One at the um, 
the kind of top side of the park that's 15 feet or so in height and then as you go towards the riverfront um, a 50-foot piece so that's that's been a long time in the planning process because of the you know, I mean, we're, we're putting in some significant foundations mm-hmm. along the riverfront. So, you know, we had to go through a lot of permitting and, yeah. and engineering to make sure that, um, we had a stable footing for that piece. And do, do you have any, okay. So when we're talking about the Blue Goose Hollow too, if you, if you drive West on MLK and you kind of crest the hill going down to the river, uh, you know, right now there's just a, a kind of a dinky road that gets you to Blue Goose Hollow. That's going to change where MLK is extended across Riverfront Parkway um, to where when you crest this hill, it'll be this beautiful, uh, you'll see this beautiful site of Blue Goose Hollow and it will be so incredibly inviting. Do you know what, what is, do we have any idea what the timeline is for the city sort of restructuring MLK across uh, across riverfront there yeah i'm not exact i think in the next year or so okay and so what's the timeline on the sculpture itself so the sculpture um the site work's going to be completed this spring and then we hope that the sculpture will be we be in by the end of april i mean that's, oh wow okay um, yeah so soon it just yeah. all depends on the weather so the 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 concrete needs time to cure so um hopefully we get not not so much rain that we can really get it in. Um, it, it'd definitely be here by summer. Yeah. So, um, well, that's fantastic. Yeah. This will be another, I mean, 50 feet. This will be another one of those things where you can virtually see it from anywhere in the city. Uh, at least the very top of it. Um, yeah. So that's, that's going to be great. Again, you mentioned April there and, um, well, let's, let's, let's stop, let's talk about March real quick. And, uh, you know, in March, we actually have a really exciting conference coming to the city of Chattanooga uh, called the Creative Placemaking Conference. And, uh, and this is something, this is the very first time there's been a creative placemaking conference in the Southeast. Is that correct? Yes. Well, that's really exciting. So tell us more about this, this conference, which unfortunately for my listeners, uh, this, is, this is already sold out. Um, and so if you didn't get a ticket, then uh, you'll have to wait till next year. Yeah. But tell us about the Creative Placemaking Conference, when it is, uh, sort of what's the vision, how did we get this in Chattanooga? It's really exciting. Mm-hmm. So this is, um, they're calling it the Creative Placemaking Leadership Summit, and it's hosted by the National Consortium for Creative Placemaking and South Arts. So um, they receive grants from um, ArtPlace and the NEA to put on regional creative placemaking conferences conferences throughout the country. Um, Typically, these conferences are hosted um, more locally to the National Consortium, which is in New Jersey. Okay. So... Who knew New Jersey was great for creative (laughs) placemaking? But um, we're we're fortunate. um, The Chattanooga Convention Bureau and... um, uh, Thrive uh, 2055 and um, our office teamed up to submit f- an application for them to consider Chattanooga as the host site for this conference. So, um, you know, we have uh, a ton of local content f- as part of this conference, which is great. We'll be, hi- you know, highlighting our our local creative placemaking assets mm-hmm. and a lot of our our local organizations and partners are involved in, in putting on sessions and panel discussions. So we really have the opportunity to highlight Chattanooga as a place that's, you know, really good at creative yeah. placemaking, which is which is fun. Um, you know, we have so many destinations from the riverfront and, and the passage with the aquarium and the Hunter Museum kind of being anchors there. Um, as we mentioned, Main Terrain being mm-hmm. a great model of creative placemaking um, and so many other examples, you know, out on Glass Street, you know, I mean, I think Glass Street may be the most, um, one of the more sort of directly relevant uh, models 
else of, of how you really, um, um, engage a community and, and making change through arts and culture. So, um, that's really been crucial to their work. Um, and, um, you know, it's really resident driven, which is sort of at the heart of, uh, the creative place making movement. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of great examples to showcase. And, um, from what I understand, you know, we have people from, the surrounding nine states coming in to to learn from um, our examples, but also from you know speakers from all over the country. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a pretty incredible schedule. And um, again, I'm so sorry that it's already it's already been sold out. Uh, but um, could, what are what are the dates for that? March 15th and 16th. Okay. Yeah. So March 15th and 16th, it'll be downtown. And uh, yeah, the, we have panelists from all over the city that are, that are involved. So you know, folks from Glasshouse Collective, um, I'll be on a panel with people on MLK uh, talking about the way, you know, it, we'll be talking a lot about the Meg Seligman mural that we, that we talked about earlier. Um, but yeah, panelists from all over Chattanooga. I'm just so excited to see our city being highlighted in this way. Um, but also we'll have guests from all over the Southeast uh, and all over the country really coming in to, mm-hmm. to speak at this conference. And, and so, you know, Public Art Chattanooga will be playing a key role in this conference. I'm sure you're going to be super busy during that that time, right? Yep. Um, I'm, I'm speaking on a couple sessions, uh, one on temporary public art, how that drives conversation and change, yeah. talking about the blue trees, blue trees yep. the pool, um, Don Helseth with Green Spaces will be joining us, and then um, Catherine Curran representing Glass House, and um, I don't know if, any, if everybody remembers Rise Up. Uh, Chattanooga Mm -hmm. with Charlie Brower. So we're kind of talking, putting a focus on how temporary public art can be really impactful. And then um, also um, there's this session with the Chattanooga Transportation Department. And we're sort of talking about how do you um, integrate creative placemaking into city government? Because that can be kind of a challenge, um, you know, when you're dealing with things like streets and and pretty straightforward things from a city perspective, how do you allow creativity, mm. you know, to happen and influence how our public spaces look through the city process? Well, and that brings us to the month of April, which is like we, we keep mentioning, you know, the Wilcox Tunnels open April, the, the hopefully the sculpture at Blue Goose Hollow be open in April. And uh, in April, there's so much that happens in April that really what you guys, what public art is doing is actually just recognizing that fact. And so April will be officially called Art Burst in Chattanooga, correct? Yes. Tell us more about the designation of April as being like a high, a high watermark for art in Chattanooga and, and sort of everything else that happens in April. Yeah, so I mean, April seems to be the sort of coming to life of spring and color in our city, but yep. also it seems to be a high high time for visual arts in our city. Um, so we have the Four Bridges Art Festival that that happens, I believe, the the third week in April. It's the twenty April twenty second, maybe. Okay. Um, and um, you know, we ki- we kick off the month with our um, with our film festival. The yep. first Chattanooga weekend. Film Festival. Chattanooga yep. Film Festival. Um, we have the the um, Art One Twenties Art Car Parade, which is super fun. Yep. Um, that that's towards the end of April, and um, you know, there's just so much um, desire to get outside and experience the outdoors. But you know, adding in all the color and art that we have to experience as well and really highlighting that making it a destination for people um, during that month so we're we're timing a lot of our major art installations to to unveil for april 
but also putting a spotlight on on what's already here. You know, we're not trying to to drum up a lot of new activity. It's really just saying, hey, like we have an amazing visual arts scene. We have a lot of um, murals and and sculpture and visual art experiences for people. And let's really um, bring some attention to that. So we're really grateful to, to Humanot for coming in and sponsoring that at InKind um, to, to provide some branding. And we'll be launching a website in the next week or so, artburstchat. Artburstchat.com. Okay. Yeah, and it, I, I really love that. Like, you guys aren't trying to create anything new. You're simply coming alongside and recognizing this is already, like, the incredible things happening in our city. Let's add a little, let's, you know, let's 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 kind of make this official to make this a thing. Because Artburst Chattanooga, this is not just going to be for April of 2018. This is really a celebration you guys see going on next year and, and beyond. Correct, yeah. We hope we hope it, it builds momentum um, kind of organically, you know, yeah. sort of like Main Times 24, you know, it's it's grown each year and and it's something the community gets really excited about. But now it's something you know people come from all over to see. And um, you know I think the the quality of uh, the visual arts in the city is really astounding. And it's something that people are impressed with every time they come to visit. Yeah. You know the New York Times was just here and they're like, what is all this amazing art yeah. everywhere? And um, you know the artists that th- that they met when they were here who were working. So I think it's something that. Um, people are always surprised about when they come visit. And I think our local community in some senses takes it for granted. So this is a way to just say like, Hey, let's really, let's really celebrate this and um, draw some attention to it. Yeah. And having anchors like the Four Bridges Art Festival and Chattanooga Film Festival uh, to to a month that celebrates the arts. It's just, it's perfect. April is the perfect time to do something that recognizes visual arts in Chattanooga. Well, so, you know, looking out, you know, we've talked about a lot of the near future stuff, like everything we've talked about is happening within the next, you know, uh, six weeks. But, you know, looking out further ahead as as the director of, of public art Chattanooga, you know, you're privy to some of the stuff that's coming down the pike. Uh, what are what are, what is something you're really excited about that's maybe a year or two years out? Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot, you know, coming up very soon, we're going to be kicking off a, um, a, a citywide strategy process for public art so you know that's something that i'm really excited about because really a city's public art program should be driven by the priorities of its citizens so um you know we are excited to be bringing in some uh, a couple of consultants who are you know public art experts but also um excellent at kind of crafting a plan for where a public art program uh, can go. So we're, we're really excited to have to engage the community in, in, in creating that plan and really understanding, you know, what, what have people loved about the public art program and, you know, what could we do better and where, where are we going? Um, what do we want to see happen? Um, so I think that's really exciting because everyone will get to play a role in identifying some of those upcoming projects. But in the near term, um, the nearer term, um, we do have some really exciting projects in the works. Um, um, you know, there's planning for Patton Parkway. Uh, we'll definitely have public art be incorporated into that. Um, and the Innovation District and the Miller Park District, you know, we'll be, we'll be putting out a call to have artists think about connecting mm, these yeah. major public spaces that we have, whether that's through a consistent design element, 
um, creative lighting, um, you know, some sort of suspended artwork or, um, but that it's, it's really, um, connecting the spaces, you know, that we are not just ending up designing a beautiful, um, new public space on Patton Parkway and, you know, putting a pedestal for something, but that this, that the art can really be the connective tissue of these amazing public spaces that we're creating. So that's an exciting one. Um, you know, the, the Walnut street bridge is, um, going through the planning for renovation. So they're going to be starting the renovation work in the next year. Um, you know, that's, that gives us a great opportunity to think about, you know, what could we do differently? Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, there's um, an exciting opportunity with the lighting of okay. the Walnut Street Bridge. So um, we're, we're hoping to get um, Do something more than just snowflakes at wintertime? More than snowflakes, more than just, you know, the dots along the, the perimeter. So, but really highlighting the, the historical architecture of that amazing, iconic feature of our city. Um, something that connects us even more, um, you know, through that bridge, the bridge yeah. from um, north to south and the bridge, a bridge between communities. So um, I think that that's, you know, you've seen bridge lighting has become a big thing around around the world. You, yeah. know, you just see these amazing bridge structures and, and that's a that's a natural opportunity we have as we go and you know, rip out all the old and, and put something up new. So, um, you know, the mayor and the city have really prioritized that, you know, when we, when we close the bridge for however long we have to, or, you know, it's, it goes under a balloon because there's all this nasty work being done. Happens, yes. <laughs> we need to come when it, when it opens, it needs to be a big celebration. Yeah. So we're, we're hopeful to get some really great ideas for how we, how we do that. Well, that's great. And, you know, before I let you go, there, there's one more big project that I, that I want us to end on, and that is the, the Fallen Five Memorial that's going to go out um, along the Riverwalk. Uh, so t- t- tell us about the Fallen Five Memorial um, and uh, what the dates are surrounding that project. Sure. Yeah, we went, you know, we, we, we went through a really public process with, um, you know, bringing in three different teams and, and seeing different ideas. Um, we have selected a team. So um, the, the selection panel for that project chose um, Recite Studio out of Houston, and that's artist Norman Lee and Shane Albritton. Um, they have designed a really, um, we we'll call it an uplifting um, memorial for something so tragic and so um, heavy, for you our know, city, as yep. as it was for our city. The the community's response, um, the families really felt this outpouring of love and support, and the community really came together. So mm-hmm. they were able to capture that in a design, um, in a really lovely way. So representing the five servicemen through these sort of five limestone pillars that come around together in the shape of a, actually a gold star. Okay. Um, if you yeah. look at it from the aerial perspective, but they're so sort of suspending this um, golden wreath of um, metal bands that go around and um, actually have phrases that were outpoured from the community. Mm, so wow. like, Nuga strong, um, yeah. you know, we will not forget, you know, all these, um, like, remember the fallen five. So, you know, and that's actually going to be a further process of engagement to identify what those, um, what those key sentiments and sort of timeless sentiments will be that are, um, cut out in these this this sort of wreath okay. um, that um, is suspended above. So there's actually a, a center seating stone that you can um, lean back on and actually lay back on to look up at this um, beautiful golden wreath. Um, and where's that going to so be at? 
So that'll be in the um, Tennessee River Park, Amnicola Marsh Park, which is um, by the the Hubert Fry Center. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, Rock Creek does their um, rentals out of there. Yeah, right near a, the DuPont Parkway Bridge, that whole area. Yeah, so it, it's it's in viewing of the NOS, the Naval Operational Support Center, where the shooting occurred, at, but sort of far enough removed um, for reverence and yeah. um, to have sort of a, a quiet moment as you look on the river and sit in this sort of um, wooded area with trees and um, you know, it's there's there's a lot of military symbolism to it, but it, it doesn't have this sort of over overpowering military feel. It feels sure. very open and it's for and the community. I mean, uplifting. Yeah. 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 Um, it, what what are the dates on this? Do we know when it'll open? So we expect to um, break ground on this this coming July around the anniversary um, this coming July, but then we hope that it will be open to the public by um, July 2019. All right, Caitlin. Well, I want to end with one fun question, and and that is, okay, if you were to go out into Chattanooga and get a dessert anywhere and then take it to any um, sort of interactive public park, what would the dessert be <laughs> and which park would you go to? That's like the hardest question because I'm a, I'm a huge sweet lover and I love dessert. And it's a tough, it's, a, it's like a tough toss-up probably between Clumpy's Ice Cream okay. and, and Coolidge Park. And um, Public House's um, peanut butter, they have like a peanut butter chocolate pie. Oh my gosh, that sounds awesome. It's like, it's ridiculous. Um, and I w- where would I take that? Um, so yeah, so if you're, in, if you're north, if you're in North Shore, you're going to go to Clumpy's and go to Coolidge. Yep. All right, but if you're, in the, if you're in the downtown, you're going to Public House to get some chocolate peanut butter pie and you're taking it too? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go to the Lawn of the Bessie. Because, okay. yeah, with the sculpture and the mural and the blue trees, it's just like a, it's like a public art heaven. So That's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> well, Caitlin, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Matt. Well, thank you so much to Caitlin Kearney for stopping into the studio to share about the important work of public art Chattanooga. You know, just listening through our conversation as I was editing this episode, I was really struck by the impact that Public Art Chattanooga has had in our city just the past few years. You see, these murals and parks are not just things that beautify our city, although they certainly do that. But more importantly, as Caitlin pointed out, these are moments and projects that bring our city and our community together in a creative process and allows us to interact with one another in ways that we may not otherwise. In other words, public art is as much about building community as it is about creating a mural or a sculpture. Now, in this episode, Caitlin introduced Artburst, and the website for Artburst Chattanooga is now live at artburstchat.com. And you can find that link in the show notes to this episode. But check out the website and the incredible calendar of events that is coming up in April. So much is going on, from the Chattanooga Film Festival to the sculpture burning at the Sculpture Field at Montag Park to Four Bridges Art Festival at the end of the month. So check it out at artburstchat.com. Special thank you to our studio sponsor, the Chattanooga Public Library, and Charles Allison, who produced this episode. If you've wanted to learn more about audio engineering, or maybe you have had a podcast idea bouncing around in your head, then you need to check out the studio on the second floor of the downtown public library. They now have open studio time that you can sign up for and get your project started. Well, thank you all for being here. You know, Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. And if this is a resource that connects, informs, and inspires you about what is happening in your community, then please take a moment and leave us a rating and a review. 
Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, I hope you have a great week. say anything else about trees <laughs> <laughs> trees are great yeah i didn't expect to talk that much about trees <laughs>